This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. The theme of our action conference was as in heaven, so on earth. And the, the, the point of what does heaven look like and what are the qualities that we want to see on earth has a lot to do with a topic that uh, I believe is central to bringing heaven to earth. And that's wisdom. Wisdom. You see, one of the qualities of heaven that we can tap into and ask for and God gives liberally is the quality of wisdom from on high. The Bible says wisdom from heaven or wisdom from on high. And it has certain qualities. And last week I spoke to you about some of those qualities and what it looks like and what it feels like. And I'd, I'd like to finish up this week by just touching on a few things. And so uh, I, I titled this message, Living as Wise. Living as Wise. And there are just some practical steps to living in wisdom. And so if you'd open your Bibles with me to the book of Ephesians. Does everybody have a real Bible? Just lift up your real Bible. And if, you have, if somebody only has an electronic Bible next to them, say, listen, when the lights go out, that won't work. <laughs> so we have a real Bible for a real reason. And uh, let's use our real Bibles. You can write in these things. By the way, this Bible, when you read it, is a Bible. Your electronic one is also where you watch your porn. It's where you do all kinds of stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're in church. I, uh, gee, I forgot. See, that thing is a multiple-use instrument. This is a single-use instrument. It's the Word of God. And I think we should respect it as such, okay? So open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 15 through 21. The Bible says, be very careful then how you live. Everybody say, not as unwise, but as wise. Okay, be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. Say that, do not be foolish. Just tap your neighbor, say, do not be foolish. Okay. But understand what the Lord's will is. What is God's will? Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs from the Spirit, singing and making music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting one to another, one to another, out of reverence for Christ. So as pastors, we're taught in Bible school, homiletics, that's a big word, and it simply means how to preach. And uh, not all of us do that very well, but usually they say you should have three points. So I have two messages today with three points, okay? So for those of you that are preachers, I, I, I could see these three points jumping out. And I thought, well, maybe I'll just do two messages with three points. I'll do them very quickly. So that's really not homiletically correct, but you're going to get 
six points, but two three-point messages. Is that all right? The first is don't be unwise. So as we read through this verse of Scripture, the Scripture says don't be unwise. Make the most of every opportunity. So this really speaks to stewardship, stewardship of your life. You see, when you have wisdom and this wisdom that comes from above, it has a quality to it. And that quality, the wisdom from heaven gives you the ability to steward your life. It makes a real difference in our lives. It makes a real difference in the way that we carry ourselves. And so we obtain this wisdom from above by seeking to align ourselves to what the word of God says. That's why we have a daily reading program. That's why we're constantly encouraging you to align yourself and begin to do what the word of God says. That's why we take our men through Be That Man. That's why we have the women in the Roots program. That's why we have a majoring in men program. That's why we teach the Bible in our school. Because we know that if you don't have a firm foundation, you have no basis for wisdom. Without, a base, without wisdom as the basis for life, you have no way to steward your life. It takes a wisdom from above. So as we align ourselves with the word of God, the second thing we try to do or the thing that we're working to do is to be sensitive to the leadings and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says I'm looking for a people that will worship me in spirit and in truth. So the truth of the Bible is very, very important, but the promptings of the spirit to make application of those truths is equally important. So as we walk this life, we're constantly trying to keep the balance between the Word of God and making it practical by being sensitive to what the Word of God means now in this situation in our lives. So don't be unwise. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. And we, we, we make the most of every opportunity when we understand that the days are evil, that Time is short that I may not get the chance to say I love you to my children or to my wife. You may not get the chance to make it right with your son or your daughter. You may not get the chance again to do business on a righteous platform. So make the best, make the most of every opportunity to do it in wisdom. How many of you regret doing something that wasn't wise? And now you pay the consequences for it. Some of those consequences may not be redeemed. You have to live with those consequences. Other times God does allow us to redeem them. Now that doesn't mean we can't redeem them. We, we have to live with them. But I don't want to go into the, some of the consequences. Because the next point is, point number two, don't be foolish. So point number one is don't be unwise. And it's like he's almost repeating himself. Don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. Understand God's will. I'm, I'm shocked at how many people don't really understand God's will. But this goes back to the same thing we just spoke about. The Bible and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. This word foolish is defined as acting without reflection or intelligence or acting rashly. How many of you know somebody that's acted without intelligence? How many of you are guilty? 
You know, intelligence is, is, you know, every military battle, anybody that goes to war goes out and they get intelligence before they try to attack. The Bible says it's a foolish man who tries to go to war without finding out how many troops he has, how many the enemy has, and see if he can win the battle or not. It's a foolish man who begins to try to build a tower without having to sat down and figure out the cost. Can he afford to build this tower? Some of us are foolish in the way we go about things. We're foolish because we don't have the wisdom from above. We're not seeking God's counsel. So God is trying to assist us and help us. He says, don't be foolish. Don't be unwise. You know, when something's repeated in the scriptures, it's for a reason. I think another way we could say this is, it's time for some of us to start thinking about what we're doing. We need to think about how we're living. We need to think about our relationships. We need to think about our conduct. We need to think about our words. See, wise people realize that the words that they speak, the actions, the way they carry themselves, the relationships that they have, have a tremendous impact, not only on themselves, but on those around them. Bad company corrupts good morals. You can't hang around the wrong people and think you're going to do the right thing. Hmm? I think we can see that in our own political situation in Zimbabwe. Men that started with noble ideas, men that had a noble cause, soon found themselves, after way too many years in power, corrupting themselves and corrupting each other to where today nobody can ever blow the whistle on anybody because they all have their arms just as deep in the cookie, cookie jar as everybody else. So if one blows the whistle, he'll say, well, I'll blow the whistle on you. The corruption have corrupted good men. I think most of the men started out trying to be good. How many of you know you can't be good without God? Only God is good. You can't be wise without wisdom from above. The wisdom of this earth is first of all earthly, then sensual, then it becomes devilish. So you can have degrees and you can be smart, but that doesn't make you wise. Wisdom comes from God. So when you think about an election that's coming up, I think it's very important that you don't look to earthly or natural wisdom or even the promises on the billboards. I think it's very important that you talk to the people that you might want to elect as a member of parliament, that you actually speak to people and you ask them the hard questions and you hold them accountable and see where they're deriving their wisdom from. Quite frankly, I don't hear any of our leaders today, not one of them that is in power, calling upon God. So I know where their wisdom comes from and it's evident in the way that the nation is managed. Did it get quiet in church this morning? So as we go into this election season, I think it's very important. And by the way, I'm not endorsing, nor am I not endorsing anyone. I'm simply saying it's time that we hold ourselves to a moral value as a nation. I'm quite shocked, and I think you should be enraged, and I think you should be upset that we've passed a law 
legalizing marijuana. And I'd like to know how that was passed. Because I know for a fact, I know for a fact that none of the counselors of this nation have been spoken to. And as a pastor, I don't think that the religious leaders have been spoken to. And we're the ones that are having to send our children to South Africa to get treated for marijuana addiction. And it's costing our nation dearly. The drugs that are pouring into our country and the politicians that love it that way and we know who they are. You can't say so, but we, you all know, we all know. And the fact that Zimra won't shut our own borders and protect them, but they'll allow politicians, certain politicians, to allow their trucks through the border with contraband at the cost of the health of our people. But we have some real serious questions we need to be asking as a population about what kind of Zimbabwe do we want? And what kind of Zimbabwe will the politicians deliver for us? Is it going to be based in wisdom on a firm foundation or is it more of the same foolishness that we've had? Now, I didn't say anybody's name. Okay, I'm not lambasting a person, but I am saying that we have a degree of immorality. I'm saying that we have a degree of double standard. That if we want to start again, have a new beginning, we need a new beginning. And our politicians, our leaders have to lead us there. So it's important that we, in, that we vote the right people in. Amen? Is anybody listening today? Just tap your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you today. I think he's talking to you. Okay? Number three, this is my third point of my first message. Don't be drunk with wine. Why? Because it leads to debauchery. What is debauchery? Well, it comes from the word asotia or a sozo. It's, it's, the, it's the sozo is the word for salvation. Sozo means you are saved, being saved, and will, you were saved, are saved, and being saved. So the Greek word is asotia, and it means it leads to being unsaved. Somebody says, Can you lose your salvation? You can lose anything you want to lose. You're a Christian. You have a free will. If you don't want to be saved, you can be unsaved. The picture of salvation is Noah entering into the ark. Noah got into the ark. Could he have been unsaved? Yes, there was a window. He could have got up, jumped out the window if he wanted to, and drowned with the rest of the world. But you do make a choice, and drunkenness leads to debauchery. The word debauchery means unsavedness. Excess, riot, it leads to a path of destruction. It's not wise. Guys, you sound like it's, it's so quiet. It, it. Here's the truth. Everybody's going to be filled with something. People use drugs and alcohol or any number of fleshly antidotes to try to get happy or to try to forget their pain or to 
just follow the crowd sometimes. Usually, when people do these things, it's not with much thought about what they're doing. Have you noticed that? And then you, I don't know about you, but after you've done some of these things, don't you usually regret the results? Yeah, everybody regrets the results. You know, the things that you did or the things that happened in your altered state of consciousness. I can't tell you how many people that we counsel in the church and, you know, oh, yeah, I got pregnant. How, well, I was just drunk. And I, I, don't, I don't know what happened. Or, or, yeah, she got pregnant. I don't know. Yeah, well, we had a, too many, a couple too many to drink. You know, guys. We regret what we do in our altered state of mind. How many of you have ever done something you regret in an altered state of consciousness? Everybody put your hands up. Come on. <laughs> Good night. But see, that's the truth. The truth of the matter is the, the Bible says, the Bible says, do not be drunk with wine. I think that we could go so far as to say, you know, don't be drunk with wine. Don't uh, be out of your mind on drugs. I think there's a lot of questions you have to ask yourself about what you're doing with your life. And when, when, when Paul says it's not wise, these are, he says, don't be unwise, don't be foolish, and don't be drunk. These are three points. What's he saying? There's more to life than that. So that's kind of the Negative three-point message. How about if we go to the positive three-point message? So what is the more to life? He goes on to say, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, don't be unwise. Don't be foolish. Don't be drunk. What's the solution to it? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean? So in order to walk in wisdom, to be free from foolishness and to be free of drunkenness, we need to be filled with the Spirit. So how do we do that? Well, he gives you his three-point message. It's very simple. He says, first of all, speaking to yourselves or speaking to one another in psalms, in hymns, and in spiritual songs. You know, last night we had a braai with the Heaven and Business team, and or I guess we had a dinner, and, and after the dinner, some of the folks went home, and then we got around the piano and uh, started encouraging each other to sing in the Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Why would you do that? The King James says, the King James Bible says, speaking to yourselves. And it has this quality of speaking to yourself and speaking to one another. In psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Notice it says speaking. This word speaking is not speaking words. It's a language of the spirit. Speaking in the spirit is a quality of, of, of communication. It's the manner in which you speak. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. These psalms are simply psalms. David. Do you remember David when he was uh, out fighting the Philistines? He comes back in his hometown, Ziklag, that's where his family had been staying, and all of his men had been staying, had been burnt with fire, and all of his people had been taken captive. And David comes back, they're exhausted, they're finished. And David hears his own men saying, 
Let's stone him. Let's kill him. He's no longer our leader. It's funny how people can get fickle sometimes. But get, let me tell you something. The Bible says that David went and encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. We get to see that encouragement because we read the Psalms that he wrote. He went and he began to sing psalms and he began to encourage himself with the hymns of the day. He began to build himself up. There's a quality of life for those of us that choose to live in the spirit. That no matter how hard the situation is, we begin to speak the word of God. We begin to speak God's solution into the situations that we find ourselves in. We begin to encourage ourselves and one another with the word of the Lord. How easy is it to discourage someone? How easy is it to just jump on the bandwagon and point out faults, fault find? How easy is it to just constantly nag on the bad issues? Even the bad issues of our society. Now listen, I don't think we should deny what's going on in Zimbabwe. We have some real tough issues. They have to be addressed. But I think with every time that we discuss the negative, we need to come back and say, but with the help of the Lord, with the wisdom of God, with the counsel of God, we need to begin to encourage ourselves in what the Lord says. Though the fig tree shall not blossom. What does God say? He tells us. He tells us. He says, yet I will trust in the Lord. Yet my trust shall be in God. We have a trust in God. And that's what happens to you and I. When you anchor yourself on the word, when you anchor yourself in the spirit, you are not moved. Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, it shall not come nigh thee. No weapon formed against me can prosper. These aren't just cliches. These become foundation stones. These become the very words of the psalms, the hymns, and the spiritual songs that I speak to myself and I speak to others. Psalms are from the psalms. Hymns are songs and, spiritual, and, 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 and psalms that are remembered, that have been sung before. I love our church. We're always singing something. Sarah comes down. I have no idea what she's going to do. But she's singing to me. Yeah, I was gutted. I was gutted. My wife, she always sings to me. We often stop and sing a song. Pastor Bonnie's constantly singing a song in the church. Why? Because the Bible says encourage yourselves with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. What are spiritual songs? They're songs that aren't carnal. They're not just carnal songs. They're from the spirit. They're spiritual in nature. In fact, the word spirit is the word pharmakios. Or, or excuse me, pneumatikos. Uh, and it means breath or spirit. The word breath is pneuma. God breathed life into us. It's the breath of God. It's the spirit of God. So here's what I'm trying to teach you today. If you're going to speak... Speak spiritual things and be sensitive, be sensitive to your spiritual nature. The spirit of God on the inside of you, your recreated human spirit. Be sensitive because when you're sensitive, 
God can use you to speak a word of life, a word of blessing, a word that unlocks things for others. And they come from the Psalms and the hymns and the spiritual songs of the word of God. So the Lord says to you that your barns, your barns shall be filled with plenty. But you need to build more barns. You have not built enough barns. You see, the barn or the few barns you have have already been filled. But God has multiple streams of income, multiple streams of blessing. And if you'll build the barns, he'll fill them. He's seen your faithfulness. He's seen your hand. He's seen the grace upon your life. And he's about to bring an unprecedented blessing. But it will need multiple containers, multiple barns to receive it. And so he's been speaking to you. He's been showing you. But now it's time to act. In different parts of the world, in different continents, bank accounts, special purpose vehicles to contain intellectual property, to contain the businesses, and all the things that he's bringing into heaven in business. It has to not only be a ministry, but it must also be an example of what heaven in business looks like. You are one of the few that I have called, says the Lord, that can throw with both the left and the right hand. You can operate in the spirit and in the natural equally. I've called you to be in the business arena and in the spiritual arena equally. So God has set you apart. This is just a psalm and a hymn and a spiritual song of encouragement to you. Amen? That bear witness? Now, how hard was that? When you're full of the word, when you're full of the spirit, it's as easy as can be because you're only speaking what the spirit of God tells you to speak, what bubbles up out of your spirit. If you're not full of the word, you have nothing to say. Well, you know what I think? I don't care what you think. I don't want to hear what you think because I see where it got you. But I want to hear what God has to say. Amen. Amen. So why don't you just lean to the person to your left or right and just take a second and speak to them with a psalm or a hymn or a spiritual song. Just whatever comes out of your heart. Say, you know what, I've been sitting next to you. Let me, let me encourage you today. Just take a second and do that. Everybody just find somebody and just, actually, everybody stand up. Stand up. You can't do that. Sit down. Stand up and find somebody and encourage them right now. Speak to somebody. Everybody speak to somebody. Give them a look, a touch, and then give them a word. Amen. Be sensitive to your spiritual nature now. Be sensitive. How hard is that? That's not hard at all, is it? Come on, you're full of the word. Tell them what the Bible says. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. All right, now somebody else speak back to the other person. Don't let this be, don't let one person dominate this.
Got about 15 seconds and we're going to get back into it. All right, give that person a hug or a handshake. If they're your wife, give her a kiss. Go ahead and take your seats. Was that good? Was that good? All right. So that's the first point of my second three-point message. You ready for the second point? So how to be filled with the Holy Spirit, how to live in the Spirit. How to, the Bible says, first of all, speaking to yourselves, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Secondly, singing and making music from your heart. Always. Everybody say always. Giving thanks to the Father, God the Father, for how much? Well, I'll tell you, that verse convicts me. Always giving thanks to God, to the Father, for everything. Can you ever thank God for the bad things that happened in your life? The Bible says, count it all joy when these tests and trials come upon you, knowing that the testing of your faith worketh patience. Can, can you understand that it doesn't matter what happens to you? You know, people love to quote the scripture, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Don't you like that scripture? Until something bad happens. Here's how my friend quotes that scripture. He says, whatever happens to you either is sent by God or used by God. See, I love to take the devil out of everything. It doesn't matter what happens to me. It's either sent from God to teach me or it's used by God to teach me. But I'm not going to give the devil credit for nothing. I'm just going to say, hey, I am an overcomer. God will have me overcome the enemy every single time. How about that? So the Bible says singing and making music or making melody in your heart. Always giving thanks to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me, let me tell you a little secret here. When you're in the spirit, you can't help but sing. Something just begins to bubble up. You know, I know when I'm in the spirit. Because when I'm in the spirit, I'm singing. I, I, I can't help but sing. I catch myself singing. And I don't just sing in the shower. I sing on my way to work. I sing in my office. Sometimes my staff asks me not to. But the Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So I let, but there's something always bubbling up on the inside of me. There's a song in my heart. How many of you lost your song? How many of you have lost your song? You know, I see Christians, they've lost their song. They're not full of the Spirit. They're not being filled with the Holy Spirit. When you lose your song, you're going to look to something else to give you mirth. You're going to look to drugs, or you're going to look to alcohol, or you're going to look to a woman or a man. You're going to look anywhere but to God. But when you're full of the Holy Spirit, there's a song, and it makes you strong. It's the alternative. It makes you wise. So I have you all stand up and sing to each other? I didn't think so. All right, all right. You can do that today. Amen. Finally, the third point, we're going to close with this. Say, well, I don't see a third point. Yeah, it's right there at the very end of the verse. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submitting to one another. 
You know, most men love the verse of scripture that says, wives, submit to your husbands. But that comes right after this. He says, submit to one another. The word submit is the word hupostasso. Comes from two words, one hupo underneath and tasso, which means to arrange in order or to assign or to dispose to a certain position or lot. Here, this gives the meaning of that we should subordinate ourselves, that we should be reflexively able to obey, to be under obedience, to be in subjection to, to submit ourselves unto. You know, so many people want everybody to submit to them, but they don't know how to submit to others. The Bible says submit one to another. How, how many of you know that submission has to do with authority? Submission is understanding when you're in authority and when somebody else is in authority. And you're not always in authority, even though you think you are. Even in your own home, you're not in authority. I'll give you an example. When I wake up in the morning, I sit up in bed, and I am the head of my house. I am in authority in my home. Then my wife wakes up. And she's in authority. Sweetheart? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Amen? And you get in the car, you get your children, you take them to school, you're in authority. Sit down, put your seatbelts on, we're going to school. Like that. No buts, just do it. I love that authority. You're driving down the road. All of a sudden, a guy in a little green outfit. <laughs> now, I know some of you think you're in authority, but the truth is the little guy in the green outfit is now in authority. You know that little green vest? May I see your driver's license? I'm under authority. Amen? I give him my driver's license. He wants a bribe. I'm in authority. I don't pay bribes. But he's still in authority because he has my driver's license. <laughs> we could use a few policemen these days. Have you seen the drivers lately? Have you seen some of the cars on the road? You know, I, I think, you know, now I'm actually wishing that they were back. <laughs> Not the bribes, but some law and order. Amen? So then you drop your kids off. How many of you ever get, drop your kids off? You walk into the school and you tell the teacher, listen, I'm not happy with the way that you're running the school. I don't like the way. Excuse me. You're not in authority. <laughs> you're dropping your kids off. You're putting them under the authority of the school. And when little Johnny or Tapiwa or Sipo gets disciplined in school, you don't go in and take Sipo and Johnny's side. You take, wait, 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 because you're under authority. It's always amazing to me how many of you think that the school is always wrong and your little angel 
is right. You know, my kids went to our school, and every time I got called in, and I got called in a lot. You can ask them, on whose side did I align myself? I assumed my children were guilty until proven innocent. And they were never proven innocent. They were always guilty. I'll never forget the day that my son Daniel, Daniel, you can come and play on the piano now. Daniel, get out here and play on the piano so I can tell this story about you. I want to see your face. There you go. I'll never forget the day that my son Daniel, I was called in and I had to observe him getting caned, getting smacks. Would you observe? I said, what did he do? Hey, tell me. I said, he deserves it. And so the teacher has this paddle. He bends Daniel over and he goes like this. I'm thinking, yeah, give it to him. And he goes, but because the pastor's there, it was one of these. It looked bad, but it wasn't good. It was, it was. So because it wasn't proper smacks, when Daniel got home, he got proper smacks. You remember that, Daniel? Yeah. But I wasn't in authority, but I stood by authority. When he got home, I was in authority. See, some of you don't know how to be in authority and under authority. You don't know how to submit. By the way, submission works when you disagree. That's the only time it's needed. You don't need to submit if you agree with somebody. You only submit when you disagree. And you agree, you submit when you're under authority. You didn't get that? Could you imagine a church where you couldn't submit to the leadership of your church? Some of you don't, I know. I don't like the way they do that. I know. You don't like it, but you don't understand either. Just submit. Hang in here a little while. Just go along with the ride for a little bit, okay? Because you know what? Every time I make a decision, half of you don't like it. How many of you know it's hard to lead something big? Because you're so opinionated. You all have your own ways. Everybody's so smart. That's why we submit. Hey, we'll submit to the leadership of the church believing that they're really not trying to kill us and destroy us. They're actually trying to help us grow. You follow what I'm saying? We think our pastor actually loves us. He is actually trying to teach us. He doesn't get up on a Sunday morning and try to make us feel miserable. He's not trying to hurt us. So I think I'll trust him one more Sunday. I'll stay under authority. How's that sound? Hupotasso. Everybody say hupotasso. I just like that word. Hupotasso. Hupotasso. Under proper order. Under proper authority. To subordinate ourselves. So there's my three points. Speaking to ourselves. Speaking to one another. In psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. This is how you stay wise. 
singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord, thanking Him in everything unto the glory of our Father and of, and of His Son, Jesus Christ. And then submitting one to another, knowing when I'm in authority and when I'm under authority, knowing when I can speak and when I should be quiet. There's a time that a woman should be submissive to her husband, even when she knows he's wrong. How many of you know that God can sort your husband out and your nagging won't? Men, you missed a great chance to just say amen. amen. Oh, but there's a time that a man needs to submit to his wife. Ladies, 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 excuse me. I throw you a beach ball to hit and you, you whiffed. Did you know there's a time that parents need to submit to their children? We saw it today with this family. Hey, Dad, can you meet me outside? Put your shoes on. I want to meet you outside. I followed my son. I thought, submission. Hey, he knew what was coming. But it worked God's purpose. It takes humility to submit. It takes humility. It takes a heart to submit. It takes a prompting and a leading to follow the Holy Spirit. But if you want to be wise, you need to have a humble heart. You need to be able to be teachable. Oh, to God that some of our politicians would learn that. How teachable are our politicians? If we told them, everybody told them, if you print these bond notes, it's going to cause a dual currency. It's going to deflate. And how do you inflate the U.S. dollar? By doing stupid stuff. Huh? And then they defend themselves like this is such wisdom. Guys, that's why we have to be wise. Some of you are in positions of authority to teach you're the Daniels, you're the Josephs to teach Pharaoh. Pharaoh is lost. He can't see the forest for the trees. The king is naked. He just doesn't see it. Everybody's saying you're dressed, but he's naked. Help these folks. You are people of influence. You're people of authority. You are not there for no reason. You may be Esther. You may be Daniel. You may be Joseph. You may be Deborah. You may be Mordecai. I don't know who. You may even be here today and not even be a believer, but you may be a Cyrus to this nation. If you don't know who Cyrus is, go read the Bible. But he was a heathen king that blessed God's people. Amen? All I know is this. That when we seek the Spirit, when we seek the love of Christ, when we seek God, there's a quality of wisdom that comes to us. There's a quality of speaking to people. There's a quality of humility. There's a, a song in your heart. There's an ability to submit to sound counsel. There's an ability to speak something to somebody. But when you're proud, you can't speak. When you're dry and empty, there's no song. And when you're strongly opinionated, it's hard to submit. Thanks for listening. 
For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.